Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. It's game week 38. It's it, the end of the season. Um, game week 38 is coming up, so I think we're going to be back again next week, but this is our last one. We're preparing for a game week. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. And I'm Karam. Welcome everyone. Seb, what is coming up in the show? As you said, we have one game week left, game week 38, so we are going to focus on that. We're going to look at teams that have something to play for, teams that don't have something to play for other than maybe their fans, pride, prize money maybe. There'll be individual players in there as well who, again, maybe have something to play for or something to prove, something to achieve. We'll be looking at the differentials across a bigger section than usual. So normally it's just one of us. All three of us are going to pick one because there's one week. It's luck. We'll throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And of course, we'll be looking at Rough with the Smooth. We've got community questions, our own transfer and captaincy plans to reveal. But first, a little look back at Game Week 37, I think, Joe. Okay. Yeah. So once again, you're doing well. Um, There we go. Seb, you're on top. 58 points. Just, just. Um, so, yeah, do you want to um, tell us about your team? And you made a transfer. So who ca- who came in and who left? Sure. Uh, so I'll run you through the team. First, uh, Hugh Lloris in goal with two. Alexander-Arnold at the back with six. Shaw with one. Dean with eight. Salah captain with six. Just outscores Harry Kane. Uh, just. Son with two. Rafina with three. Gundogan with seven, but obviously with an injury as well. Antonio for nine points. And that was my transfer. I did Watkins to Antonio. So I earned precisely nothing from that. But hopefully a better player for this week. Kane, vice-captain with two points. And Bamford with 12. And the only notable player on my bench really was Luke Ayling with seven. But I never would have started him over, say, Luke Shaw, for example. So I'll take that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, good good game. We've actually, we've actually all done quite well, actually. So um, here's me next. Game week 37. 54. So really close again. Um, Pickford in goal. He's done me really well. I got him in for Mendy last week. And so, so far, he's got me nine points. So he's repaid the hit. Um, I had Luke Shaw, disappointing one point. Uh, Dallas, uh, five points, so a, a yellow card, but I'm okay with that. Um, Nat Phillips, my absolute star hero this week. What a Mass- pick. Massive differential. 
Um, it, absolute perfect because he got the clean sheet as well. A bit of bonus. Um, scored the goal. Rare goal from Matt Phillips. Um, but for the first time in ages, the absolutely nuclear mega-owned Alexander-Arnold weapon that everyone's got against me was actually outscored by my differential. So Jam. So yeah. much jam. Nothing yeah. but jam. I love it. <laughs> uh, got, it might it might be the thing that means you finish above me this season. I think, when I saw that goal going, I was like, "Oh yeah. no!" I love it. I love a <laughs> uh, you know a, a goal from like you know like Ryan Shawcross at Stoke, Rob, you know Hooth as well at Stoke. You know these these kinds of unexpected goals that no one no people maybe own own them a bit, but you don't expect them to score um, at all, really. Um, I think he had another chance as well, didn't he? Actually, yeah. he looked almost yes, he quite threatening that did, much. And he did the week before as well, so he's yeah. getting closer. He's the new Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, more ways than one, oh. both ends of the pitch. <laughs> easy there, easy, easy. <laughs> um, uh, Salah, captain, bit, bit of disappointment, but I'll take his clean sheet point. Um, Fernandez with an assist, um, which I know he shouldn't have had, but he did. Um, obviously, I mean, there's. I, I saw a lot of talk on Twitter about you know should you've got the assist and, and and relating it to FPL you're not going to they're, they're not going to change the decisions based on FPL FPL was just simply mirroring whatever decisions were made and um Fernandez yeah it was a phantom assist but what got me it was that VAR said that he got the assist but it was evident from himself <laughs> and that he didn't and therefore that goal wouldn't have counted so personal bias attitude was at play there um, unfortunately, because Cavani scored an absolute wonder goal and it should have been chalked off, <laughs> basically, and it wasn't. And so in front of, um, you know, the home fans at Old Trafford, that goal shouldn't have stood, but it did. Um, meanwhile, I got an assist, so I don't care. Um, Son, two points. Harrison, three points. This is lots of two points. Kane, two points. Woods, two points. Lots of disappointment there. Then Antonio gets gets nine points at the end. Um, so, yeah, Antonio and Phillips, my stars. Um, Jesse Lingard on the bench, as well as Joe Ward and, and some non-players. Um, but, um, yeah, I'll take that. Um, I took Harrison in for... Um, I'm trying to remember who... Oh, yeah, um, Jota came out. If I hadn't have done that move, I'd be four points better off, basically. Because <laughs> I would have played Lingard. There we go. And Jota would have been on the bench. Um, so, there we go. I'm not going to cry about four points, though. Um, Karen, you did really well. 53 points. Um, you made a transfer. Do you want to go through your team and who came in and who came out? Yeah, so um, I've got Martinez in goal with a three. Dinia with an eight. Dallas, Alexander-Arnold with a clean sheet. Asbiliqueta with a single point. Probably him and Vardy are the worst transfers I have made this season. Like from January 26th when I wildcarded, I started that spot with Ricardo Pereira. I got nothing. And then I swapped it for Asbiliqueta. I got absolutely nothing. So from January 26th, that spot didn't return me anything until January 37. Um, so yeah, pretty disappointed with, with that. A um, couple of weeks ago, I favored Mane over Salah. So. Uh, he, he didn't outscore him last game week, but this game week he did, just with the three points, so more or less even out. I was looking for something different to make grounds, improve my rank. That relatively did not work out. Uh, Lingard with a late uh, assist and a couple of bonus points. Son, uh, blank, DCL blank, Kane, captain, blank. Um, and it's, it's pretty disappointing because I thought Kane was really overlooked last game week while Everybody was looking at Salah perhaps as the main captain. Um, and I thought it's a good game for for him in front of the fans. First game at, 
at home, but it seems that it had a negative effect for some reason. Um, and Antonio, for the last for the last few minutes of the game, he got the goal, which resulted in three PPS as well. So I think Lingard and Antonio pretty much saved the game week, um, along with uh, Luca Dean. Um, I was looking at the big red arrow on Saturday evening, but then I managed to get a small green uh, by the end of the game week. Funny enough, this is the eighth consecutive game week where I uh, managed a green arrow, uh, which is ooh, it's, it's great. For the last five game weeks, I have only made 50k green arrows. Okay. Um, so from 350 in game week 34, now I'm exactly on 300k. So while it's nice to have a green arrow, a green is a green. Um, the, the jumps were not high. So at the very end, I might finish around this rank. So uh, yeah, uh, any hopes of 100K is, is gone for a few weeks already. But yeah, it is what it is. Season you is over. Um, I'm pretty relieved with that. You never know. Game week 38 um, can throw mm. up some unusual results, but we'll come to that in a sec. We'll just uh, finish off game week 37 with some rough with a smooth. Um, yeah. Lynn um, not only picked Joe Willock, she captained him as well. 22 points return in a week where most of the top captaincy picks failed. That's absolute dream captaincy there. Um, double whammy. Um, Rover, he started um, Lacazette and Dunk. Both of them didn't play. But luckily, he had Ian Acho and Rudiger on his bench. 15 points, riding off the pine. Uh, one wheels enough. He benched Phillips and Lingard. Unfortunately, that's where they stayed. Um, so a lot of points in. Is it 20 points? Uh, yeah, 20 points. Um uh, meanwhile, um, FPL Doodles um, benched Watkins, uh, Phillips and Cresswell. Um, so, um, yeah, quite a few points there. And Comrade, who asks us questions many weeks. Um, and Comrade um, has told FPL Doodles on Twitter, mine is better in terms of his bench. He benched Phillips, uh, Trossard. Um, oh, and Burn oh. as well. So it's 29. And Ariola, so 29 points. I, I don't know, you know whether his goalkeeper got more. 29. 32 points in total on this bench. Eeks. Um, so let's move on to game week 38. Um, let's have a look uh, what we got here. We're going to have a look at the fixtures. Um, and Karam is going gonna, is gonna to lead the first discussion because this is about teams with something to play for. So these are the sort of players we might be targeting because their teams have something to play for. And indeed, Perhaps their um, you know individuals have something some personal on them. So Karen, what's this about? So let me just bring up the because I lost the documents. Just one sec. <laughs> Sorry for that. So first topic. Um, mm. Yeah. So first and second places are done and dusted with Man City winning the lead and Manchester United secure the second place. Um, and the relegation spots are also done, um, but there are some for the third and the fourth spots in the league with the three teams playing for it. Liverpool needs a win and goals perhaps uh, a, a lot of goals perhaps against mm. Crystal Palace to secure top four finish. Yeah. Uh, same applies for Leicester and, and Chelsea who are playing Spurs and Villa respectively and they have to win probably with a big margin of goals. Yeah. So for those three teams to secure the top four they have to win by few goals already so that's encouraging from an FL perspective uh we've got some community questions about this topic uh ashwin starts uh, the questions with is it worth getting a chelsea midfielder in for son uh FL tiger is it worth getting money in for a hit uh FL nacho who is the best liverpool asset 
to have who is not Salah or Trent. So he's asking for a pick between Mane, Firmino and Robertson, perhaps. And uh, FPL Goblin, of course, asking about the double Liverpool attack or double, double Liverpool defence. So um, a lot of the questions are focused on Liverpool mainly. Uh, perhaps those who are looking to replace Jota, who try to keep him, maybe he's mm-hmm. fit or not. They need a third spot for a prime game against Crystal Palace. Let's start with you, Seb. Uh, thoughts on those three teams and uh, where do you see a lot of points uh, in the week 38? I mean, Liverpool's, I guess, an obvious one, but then we probably already have quite a few of their players. So if you've got Trent and Salah, I know you've got Mane, Karen, which is probably quite a nice little difference and looked good in the last match, but we know his conversion rates not quite been there. I know, Joe, you're looking at maybe having Mane alongside mm. Salah. So the question really becomes, are you tripling up there? Can you afford it? For me, for example, I might have to take a hit elsewhere to do it. So I think a theme of this week, no matter what your team team you're looking at, is it's one week. You have no time to make up hits or anything like that. So it's about identifying, uh, Joe, you were talking before the show about mm. how many points you are off top yeah. okay and stuff. Identifying maybe your you know, reasonable maximum upside, minimum downside, and seeing if hit is actually worth it. I think when we talk later about differentials, we're going to mention that a lot of this week is kind of down to luck. Like you could go into the numbers or watch a million matches, pick a player who looks perfect and they just don't have a good day. And on the flip side, you know, someone's going to score who no one calls. After the fact, there's no point saying, oh, that was going to be the player we picked. So there is a lot of luck on this. So what when, when we're looking at high variance situations, what I like to go back to is just the whole season stats. You know, just the high on average, who do we think is going to get the most points on any given day? This being any given day. So for Liverpool, given the options that are in that question, Salah, Trent, and then probably Mane. But if you can't afford him, Robertson. And I wonder if that covers you quite nicely for any rotation or tricky fixtures. I've got a Leicester defender, for example. So maybe there's a transfer out there for a Robertson. And we might expect a bit of rotation with teams not, say, Liverpool, as you mentioned, Chelsea, Leicester, who are going for something. So getting an expensive defender from a team who we would expect to maybe keep clean sheet, could get attacking returns, and isn't going to be rotated, feels really important to me. Yeah. Right. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, um, yeah. well, I'll, I'll put up some stats in a minute, because I've got some stats mm. for Liverpool, Leicester, and Chelsea, and also about the worst defences, um, see if uh, their opponents are there as well. I'll just point out, some people in the chat were talking about the goal difference with Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea just have to win, but they're playing Villa. So they still have to win big, because say they're 1-0 up, 80th minute Grealish is still there you can't you can't mess around you've got to be scoring more than that say you're 2-0 up against Villa and maybe Grealish is there um, you can't you, you've got to be you've got to be scoring a lot of goals and early and quick and you've got to seal that game and wrap it up you can't just be hanging on for 1-0 I think I, I would say I guess Chelsea I would say Chelsea's defence is probably the one we trust out of all of them to sort of get a 1-0 lead and hold it the interesting one there is if Leicester do something against Spurs because Chelsea and Liverpool, of course, you know, it's in their hands. Well, apart from goal difference, but less than either, I think, about a plus four to overturn Liverpool or Chelsea. Yeah. If Chelsea and Liverpool win, good times, unless unless Leicester win by four plus goals. Mm. Realistically, Leicester have the toughest fixture. So both Liverpool and Chelsea could, yeah, we expect yeah. them to attack, but they could go for the opposite and just shut it down at 1-0. They could. So it's a it's a risky play, though. If you've got Champions League, um, let's, let's assume Liverpool and Leicester win. That's a risky play from Chelsea to try and hang on to 1-0. Um, although, yeah, they have the personnel, the capability of it. But any anyone can beat anyone this yeah. season. 
my team, Brighton, just beat Man City. Um, Sheffield United um, beat Brighton. <laughs> you know, anyone could beat anyone. Um, so um, let's have a look at Liverpool because these, I think, are the main targets. I think I think they have the most favourable uh, fixture against Palace. They need to win. They need to win big. They've got to get that goal difference, um, and you know, to, to to get as high as they can, and also secure the fourth. Um, Salah looks the main man, as you would expect. Twenty-one goal attempts, nineteen in the box, eight shots on target. He's created thirteen chances as well. Scored three times, had one assist. This is from the last six. All the stats are put up are going to be last six matches, by the way. His expected goal involvement is getting on for nearly five. Um, it's huge. Um, Mane, as I believe, along with Aguero, has scored the most goals against Crystal Palace in the Premier League, eight. So Mane has a form against Palace. And he's no slouch on the stats as well. 13 chances created as well. Um, 12 shots inside the box um, out of 14 goal attempts. Um, and uh, expected to be involved in four goals. I think these two are great options here. Um, this is why I set myself a little bit of money um, so I can move Fernandez, who I don't think is going to play for Manchester United, to Mane. Um, that's still my most interesting move. Alexander Arnold, the man I fear, 21 chances created. Yes, indeed. Firmino, no slouch either. 10 shots in the box, um, 11 chances created. You see, the four, the, 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 apart from the defenders, all, with Salah, Mane and Firmino, you're getting strong chance creation. You're getting strong goal attempts as well. So it's this mixture of points, which is what you want for a captain. As well. On Liverpool Crystal Palace, just looking at the yeah. crosses conceded. We looked at last week for Burnley, mm -hmm. uh, which was it was their left flank, which is the weakest in the league for crosses. We actually saw Robertson getting two assists, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Mane got one from that side as well. So turns out in that match, it was Burnley's right flank that was yeah. poor. But once again, Crystal Palace are second to Burnley for crosses conceded from the left. Mm -hmm. So that would be Liverpool's right. Trent Alexander-Arnold over to Mane. Sounds like it could be yeah. on again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Also, I've got I've got to cover Alexander Arnold somehow with Mane. Um, Robertson is also in my thoughts. I could got just enough money to do um, short to Robertson. Um, that's what I'm thinking. That that's another possibility as well. Thirteen chances created, as you said, he got two assists recently. Um, is he's sort of the also ran <laughs> uh, compared to Alexander Arnold's stats and you know. Uh, points potential but yeah Robertson could do well rumour is it that Benteke might be out as well um, he's got certainly got an Achilles problem he's gonna, he's a sort of a late check him and Mitchell are going to be checked uh, before the match um, so it could be they're out of which case we could be looking at clean sheets here because Benteke um, much to people's surprise has become the main man um, there um, moving on to Leicester I think this is a quick one Leicester against Spurs um, sp watching Kane I think I mean, he's I mean he's given up. That's it. He's not even he's not going out with a flourish. He's not like he's just he just wants out of Spurs. He's had enough and he wants to go. And I thought in front of home fans, he would he would give it a go. But that wasn't the case. Um, I think um, I was listening to Planet FPL earlier, and and uh, James on there was was at the match. And something I didn't realise was that in most grounds, all the fans are around the pitch. You know, there's a percentage of fans, home fans are allowed back in, but not at Spurs. They're all high up. Um, and he was speculating it was to do with uh, various reasons, you know, looking at advertising. But it might it might be to um, keep um, keep the crowd away from uh, the uh, the Spurs management, given the uh, the recent political situation there. Um, but nevertheless, that's why the, the crowd weren't there to egg them on. In fact, they were booing their team. Um, 
to their way to Leicester and got the picture here, Iheanacho. And Iheanacho is the main man. I think he's a great captaincy shout and definitely a good transfer target if you don't have him. I got rid of him a couple of weeks ago. I really regret that now. I wish I'd kept him. Um, I know he was benched last time out, but expected goal involvement, 4.42. Absolutely huge. Um, 13 shots well, in the box. Spurs in the last couple have had quite poor defensive numbers, I think, yeah. as well. So there's some good chances there. Oh, they didn't look great. I mean, Aston Villa looked good again, but they really didn't look solid at the back, did they, the last match? Yeah. So if anyone's watching this, we talked about it on the captaincy video earlier, but um, Ian Acho, absolutely great alternative captaincy shout. I don't think many people go there. Um, but look at those numbers. 13 shots inside the box, 11 on target, um, 24 cold attempts. He's, he's shooting a lot. He's shooting accurately, shooting at close range. He's against, a, as Seb pointed out, poor defence. Um, they got something to go for as well. They've got to get their top four. Imagine not getting top four again after last season. Um, I know they've got the FA Cup, but you know it's a team that deserves top four, and they know that, um, and they should be getting that. Um yeah, I feel I feel some regret uh, of of selling the Inacho from their their plan because I thought this game with thirty eight, I think they have met Spurs and Leicester. They have met a couple of years ago in the final game where it was like five four game. It was pretty open. Uh, I'm not sure whether any of those teams were playing for something back back in that year. Uh, but looking at the stats, looking at the defensive side of Spurs, I actually think that Nacho will. We'll get some points yeah. in this game. Um, something I've been thinking about, and and luckily for the viewers, you've also mentioned it with David previously in the captaincy video. I think the fact that Leicester has to win with a big margin means that they will attack, probably grow more attacking than we ever seen it, mm. seen them. And I think they will get goals. Wow! And this is the team that scored nine in the match before. Yeah, yeah, but I I, I also think that. This will also result in opening a lot of openings in, in their in their mm-hmm. in their back line, and uh, we've seen that Leicester defense are somehow dodgy. So basically, they can keep clean sheets in un- very unexpected games, but also they can concede in the games where you actually want them to keep a clean sheet. But I think this game week may be an opening for Spurs assets if you still have them, especially Kane. That if if we realize that he's he's seen out of of Spurs, he wants to finish with a golden boot, kind of a message or kind of represent himself. Okay, I've got the golden boot. I need I need to go elsewhere where I can win trophies with, with a team. So that's a possibility. And I think Ken and Ian Acho, if you still have them, I think they are really good options to keep them. Uh, I see a lot of goals in this game. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Looking at the it's, live chat, Sanjay uh, Patel in the chat was it echoed that same point. If Leicester attack, could that be good mm-hmm. for Kane and Son? Um, it could yeah, be, yeah. Same point. Yeah. Especially with uh, counter-attack, you know, big chances. We've looked at a few times. You could see mm. Leicester pushing forward. Uh, yep. I mean, Son's not really been involved. Maybe there's a bail just, shout there, but they might give mm. away some chances. It's just like. body. Yeah. I mean, you know, ev- everyone's had jobs and where they, you know, and they were going to leave their jobs. And when they're yeah. going to leave their jobs, this is why they have the whole concept of gardening leave for some people in jobs. It's because yeah. when you when you know you're going to leave a job, sometimes you, you can do a great job and carry on, but other times you mm. just go, what the hell? Yeah. Just, just in case my employer's listening, that's not true for no. me at all, and won't be in the future at all ever. No, no, ever. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. That's what puts me off Kane certainly for the captaincy. But yeah, I don't know. Kane, he's not a sell. He's a keep, but he's not a captain. Ian actually is a captain and a definite 
keep. Um, we're going to talk a bit about Chelsea a bit later, some of the Chelsea players, I think, um, when we talk about differentials. But the problem, problem with Chelsea is the rotation um, and the fact they play in the final. So a bit like Man City mm. coming up, Champions League final. Um, but they've got Villa. As we said, they've got to win. Um, depending on your mindset, yes, they can win 1-0 and still get into the Champions League places. But they're against Villa and I, I would imagine they're going to have to try and score a lot quickly. To, not, to, to get that sewn up and then they can sit back mm. but sitting back on 1-0 against uh, Grealish and, and what Ollie Watkins and co um, yeah so looking at expected goal involvement it's Havertz if he is fit I think he's got a flag at the moment um, but if he's the fit yeah. he's, the big, he's the big one to get 3.78 expected goal involvement 14 shots inside the box 11 on target um, Timo Werner quietly is having a great season no one's noticing him he's uh, regularly getting points um, in FPL and he's regularly getting points for Chelsea by winning um, penalties by assisting by scoring very occasionally but he's very quietly having an okay season one to watch next time around um, expected goal involvement nearly three Pulisic again nearly three expected goal involvement last six Mason Mount um, just a bit below that but if you look 15 chances created 10 shots in the box 7.3 midfielder Shots on target. I mean, he's the one, you know, I wish I'd got him weeks ago and just set and forget. Because, you know, if he plays, he gets points. Um, yeah, I think he's a good job. But I don't know if you were looking for that explosive player, you would get him in or captain him this time around. Then there's Alonso. Um, could Chilwell get a rest before the final? You would imagine so. But then they've got, they've got to win. But then if they're trying to defend the lead, do you really want Marcus Alonso to uh, help you? Um, so I, I don't know it could be full strength no Alonso but if he does play he's got a goal in him he scored just as I've got, I've got rid of him nine chances created seven shots in the box six on target 11 shots in total last six um, yeah he's, he's a good good option there um, but yeah I mean out of, out of you know Liverpool Leicester Chelsea who who would be the players overall Karen do you reckon you might go for because um, you've already got Mane Mane would be top maybe but who, who else uh, would you recommend um, getting in for you know real explosive you know the the fifteen twenty point guy? Yeah, well that's the thing. It's the last shot. It's the last game week. So the, the player you're gonna bring in, you are bringing him for potentially captain option maybe. Um, I've looked at the attackers for Chelsea and it was only Pulisic in game with Terry one who got a double digit hot out of the all attackers since that Ooh. time until now. Ooh. Werner has been getting the fives, and I, I don't want a five points in the last game week if I need something mm. big. So, probably, surprisingly, I'm not probably going to advocate or go towards the Chelsea attackers. I know there is an incentive, a big incentive for them to win, but the fact that we just talked about how we anticipate the Spurs-Leicester game, mm. I think Chelsea would be happy to pull out a 1-0 um, I don't think it would be also easy for them to do that because Grealish back, we've seen their attack look really different. So probably they need to win, but then once they score the goal, they will try and close things down mm. and shut them completely because Vela have the capability with the Grealish back playing 73 minutes. Probably he will get another 90 in the last game of the season. So Chelsea perhaps is the only team from those three who are not and need to score a lot of goals to qualify. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm probably, I wouldn't go to Chelsea attackers. I see more points mm -hmm. in the Liverpool ones and possibly 
Ian Acho. I've had a longer experience with Vardy. No, <laughs> it's Ian Acho or busted. Yeah, uh, from Leicester. Um, Mane is is someone I have. Um, I cannot deny that Salah looked very dangerous mm. the last few game weeks, and uh, I've been behind the sofa. I was like, please, Mane, outscore him, match him, do something. Um, but there is someone who I'm really mm-hmm. considering him, uh, subject to some condition. We'll talk about it at the end of the show when, when it comes to my team. Uh, Roberto Firmino, he oh, okay. could be a decent option. Oh. Uh, what is his price? I don't even know. Nine, nine point one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I think he's he's a good punt for the last game week of the season. Um, Crystal Palace defensively looked pretty mid-table, so while I don't think there would be big scores, mm-hmm. I think if you need for some differential who can pull out some points, Firmino could be the one who can pull a 10 or a 15 points um, if he if he starts and, and performs against Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, Seb, not, do you have more names to mention from these teams? Oh, goodness, I think you've probably covered those all quite nicely. Just had a quick look at Firmino while you were talking there. Over the season, he comes, I think it might be, what, 12th, give or take, for XGI. In the last six, he's a little bit further down. But like you said, it's not, okay, maybe he gets two points, but if he does have the potential of a 15-pointer, and I'd say he's looked better recently than we've yeah. seen over most of the season. He's come a bit closer, a bit like uh, you mentioned Timo Werner as well. Yeah. What sticks out to me with Timo Werner, and I mean the whole Chelsea team, I, I want three of them next season, if I'm honest. But what sticks out with Timo Werner particularly to me is it feels like almost every match he should be getting an assist or goal that he doesn't get. There's one disallowed last match, was there? He wins a penalty. I think he could have won another penalty. um, If it just tips in his favour, there could be a lot of points there. David was mentioning on the captaincy video today, because obviously he looks at these stats every morning for for the articles um, and watches the match. So you can see the correlation between the stats and what he's watching, not matching up. And he was saying basically VAR. He's been a victim of VAR. Um, Amount of disallowed goals. Um, And so those decisions have gone against him. So the stats don't count. So while it looks like, say, he's created nine chances, he's had 13 shots inside the box, he's possibly had much more. They've just been disallowed. They've, been, they've, they've mm. not been notched. That's a really good point. And I guess, obviously, this is me just thinking off the top of my head, but I guess as well, that will show up a lot in stats because all else being equal, let's say you go through on goal, take a shot. It was marginally offside, but you missed, mm. so they never check it. That could go down as a big chance or go into your XG Whereas if you score it, they'll check it. It's marginally offside. It gets ruled out. You obviously lose the underlying stat as well. So in a weird way, I guess, unless I'm being very silly here, a player that has a poorer conversion rate could pick up those numbers more mm. than someone who has a better conversion rate because their marginal decisions are unlikely to be checked. Yeah. So Timo Werner could just be falling foul of that more than other players. Interesting there's, thing. There's to think two about. ways looking at it. He's, like, he's always offside, maybe will for the rest of his career, or he just marginally won't be offside. And I think that's the aim. That's why I, I've... Burner's full of promise. Um, just before we move on, I've got some worst defences stats up. So this is last six. Again, um, this is to see who are the worst defences. So a particular note here, I'm looking at, say, let's go with Villa. Um, not the worst by any stretch of the imagination. Expected goals conceded um, is roughly half the worst team at the moment. So they, they've uh, conceded nine big chances. Um, that's nowhere near the worst. Um, so, yeah, um, Looking at Leicester um, against Spurs. Once again, Spurs are just below Villa. They're not, not really there. And Crystal Palace, they're the worst of the bunch. Uh, those three that opponents that we've mentioned uh, out of um, Leicester, um, 
Chelsea and Liverpool's opponents. So Crystal Palace have conceded 10 big chances. Um, they've conceded 12 goals. The expected goals, actually, is um, just under nine. So they've been arguably mm. marginally unlucky there. Um, but, of course, Liverpool have to score. They have to score big. Mane um, is their um, you know, arch nemesis. <laughs> um, I, th- I think there's going to be goals there. But this is going to lead on to the next topic of teams with pride and something else to play for, a bit of extra league table money. Because, look, XG conceded right at the top, or rather the bottom, the worst team, the worst defence at the moment. It's goodbye, Sam Allardyce. Uh, West Bromwich Albion, big chance conceded, 16, 14 goals conceded, expected goals conceded, 12.8. They are the worst. Um, so, yeah, Seb, handily, Leeds play them next. So, yeah, other teams to look at. I feel I feel like that's all I'm good to you. Legion, Legion, <laughs> well, they're, they're good. They're good for FBL at the moment, Leeds. So you know, when, they when are, they're they not, are. we won't. We won't ask you again. <laughs> if uh, if or when we get relegated, I'll be uh, I'll be out the door. Yeah. And fair enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have we've talked about some teams that maybe have a bit to play for. There's no relegation battle this year. Which- was a bit weird actually that's often a quite a good source you know uh, a Pereira from West Brom for example mm. but you know maybe nothing to play for we've got Leeds who maybe we'll concede a few chances but Leeds versus West Brom is the interesting side of that argument where as you mentioned West Brom's defense is quite poor Leeds are potent Leeds defense isn't perfect either we have quite a big difference between our XGC and our actual goals conceded so come on to that in a moment but there's also, uh, we have West Ham versus Southampton, a certain Mr. Michael Antonio. And Jesse Lingard got two mm. assists again, I believe, and looks lively. And we have Chris Wood specifically, or Burnley, away to Sheffield United. So I believe you have some lead stats for us there. Yeah, I've got them on the screen. Last six um, mm. game weeks, yeah. Last six I've got matches, some qu- sorry. Lovely, thank you. I will, I've got some questions, so I'll just run through those. And I'll try and fire off some real quick answers to these, and then I'll hand over to you two. So FPL SWAT asks... If chasing, is it wise to load up and captain Leeds assets, such as Rafina, Harrison and Bamford? So if we're thinking about chasing, I guess we're looking for a lower percentage owned player. But really, it depends what you're chasing. Are you chasing overall rank? Then cool, the percentage matters. If you're chasing someone in your mini league, percentage doesn't matter. It's what the other person in your mini league is going to do, obviously. And vice versa, if you're trying to protect the league. But, you know, the way percentages work, of course, they're more likely to have high owned players. So of those three, Bamford is 40%. I think Harrison and Rafina are both under 10%. So we mentioned it last week, didn't quite come off. Bamford did very well. But if you are looking for that differential, the better two out of that might be Rafina and Harrison, although I possibly would choose Bamford over, say, the second midfielder alongside the defender personally. Jules then asks, uh, I already own Bamford and Kane. Who to replace uh, Who to replace DCL, Antonio or Chris Wood? And I think that's a bit of a coin flip for me, really. I'll hand over to you two for that what do you reckon um i've got both <laughs> both there we go <laughs> you can't get both in for one player though um in in that case if, you, if you've got antonio and chris wood hmm. uh jules has bamford and kane so which of those two would you not have if you know what i mean i wouldn't have kane i would have i would go for an audacious bamford antonio and chris wood mid-price cacophony of goals up front nice what about you, Karen? Ooh. I would perhaps I would perhaps keep Kane. Even though he blends in game with 37, I think he's there is a golden boot to play for. I think he wants it more than anyone. I would keep him in the front three with Antonio and probably Bamford. Those are would be my three front three for, for the last game week. 
Cool. Chris Wood, I like him against Sheffield United if he plays. I think there were some talks around that he might give uh, a draw to some other players, but unless you have a, a faith that he will play, I can't say no against Sheffield United. I, I, I see him scoring. So it's the three of those four. But I think I will go for Kane, Antonio and Bamford for the last game week. Lovely. I think I'd probably agree with you and they will be my front three. You mentioned there that uh, Burnley may rotate their strikers, we believe. We're not sure. But if there's that slight risk on Chris Wood, we know Antonio will play. Even though Wood has the better fixture, mm. Antonio has the better stats over a long period. So maybe yeah. I'd just edge Antonio. Uh, so our next question from Sammy asks, with Rodrigo in support, Bamford should play 90, right? To what extent will the home crowd help him? I presume that means Bamford. Is mm. he a better captaincy shout than Salah? So I guess, as, the, as we mentioned a moment ago, with the percentages, Bamford and Salah are probably quite close. They're both in the 40s. So yeah. maybe not actually a better captaincy shout of course, we'll assume most people are captain sellers. It's going to depend on your situation again. In terms of Rodrigo and Bamford, I'm presuming we're going to play the 4-1-4-1, which would be Bamford up front. Rodrigo, yeah, we might think he's going to play in that sort of advanced state behind him now. But it is a very different setup to the three at the back we played. Rodrigo would have more defensive responsibilities, which is why he didn't play that. Well, he stopped playing that role earlier in the season before he got injured. I definitely think Bamford will start. Although I definitely thought Melier wouldn't get dropped for Kiko. So take that with a massive pinch of salt. Bielsa maybe has shown he's going to rotate, which I didn't expect. So I'd give Rodrigo a good shout, but Banford's the safe one for me. He still might not play 90, though. Roberts could come off the bench quite easily for uh, him. Just, just before we continue, there's still yeah. more comments um, in the chat about this Chelsea goal thing. Yes, we know that Chelsea only need to win 1-0 um, of his Menium this time. But they are playing Villa. And they are going to be, they, are they really going to have to sit back on a 1 0 lead against the likes of Grealish and Watkins, who have been in form um, at various points this season? So I think they have to score lots of goals. Yes, not mathematically to get Champions League, but in order to secure that victory. Um, but nevertheless, carry on 1 0. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's, just, it's just the one thing that uh, spot in the chat uh, Chelsea have 67 points, so any win. Would, would mean that they are situated because Liverpool and Leicester have 66 points. So 1-0 for Chelsea would mean they are done. They have they are in Champions League. So that's something I didn't spot. Mm. Apologies if uh, any of the thoughts were built on the fact that Chelsea need to score a lot of runs. No, no, I think you're they right. Don't. They do need to score, yeah. as we keep saying, because they can't sit back against good players on the final day. Yeah. In that sense, yes. yes. So I, I, I would probably side more on the side of if any team in the league is going to go for a 1-0 and hold it, it probably is Chelsea. But you make a good point. It's going to be situation dependent. And we don't know what that's going to be ahead of the match. So they do need to score a goal. Mm. A clean sheet is something they'll certainly play for. So, hey, maybe go for a Chelsea mm -hmm. defender. But we've seen how that can be hard to pick, yeah, especially yeah. with another match mm. for them to come. Mm. If they concede, of course, they'll push on. I'd be surprised to see them go and, you know, try and go for three or four. But what's the best way of, you know, not losing a match, not conceding when you're 1-0 up? Scoring two, scoring yeah, exactly, three. Exactly. So they could, sure. Yeah. But yes, back, back to Leeds. There's no question <laughs> yeah. about um, the Leeds goalkeeper because this has come as a surprise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Indy uh, asks, best Melia replacement. So I mentioned that a moment ago. Yeah. Just did not see that coming. I don't know if there's a reason behind the scenes. I hope not. He's brilliant. Yeah. Um, but Kiko looks like he is indeed going to start at home at Ellen Road. And while Bielsa has surprised a lot of Leeds fans with the changes he's made here, I mean, uh, Strout kept his place when Cooper was fit and then after I think I said oh Cooper will definitely come in for Strout he didn't so then I flipped and then Bielsa switched it again 
So that could turn around. I'm I'm not sure personally. Yeah. With the goalkeeper though, Bielsa has said Casilla will play. Mm-hmm. So I would trust him when he says something. Clearly, just maybe a little less so on the rotation at the moment. But I guess, therefore, if you think Leeds are a good option for a goalkeeper, you think, you know, we've conceded more XGC than we have goals. So our goalkeeper needs to make saves. Sure, against West Brom, not brilliant. But Kiko Casilla could be your replacement for Melia. If it's the Leeds team you like, he will still make saves. He's not as good as Melia, but he will make saves. Was he in goal when Leeds played Crawley in the cup? Uh, he almost certainly will have been, but we also had like about okay. a 70% second team just, in that match. Just let that linger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> about I think I, him. <laughs> he might have. I mean, I can sign our defeats to memory bygones, but he might have Crawley messed up for a set piece in that one. Mark White. Some, some, yeah, something interesting to look into uh, for anyone there is for the first half of the season, as the TV companies like to keep reminding us, we were terrible for set pieces. We've not conceded from a set piece in something like 900 minutes or nine hours. There's a nine in there, a long time. Part of that, in my opinion, is Melia coming out to claim things, even when he maybe shouldn't. He comes out and makes a nuisance. I don't know if Kiko will do that. And in the past, we've seen him have trouble with that. So maybe we do concede from a set piece this week. But it's one week that's very hard to call. Uh, just before I hand over to you two, if you if you are put off by Leeds because we're missing our first choice goalkeeper, the one that jumped out to me was maybe Newcastle with Dubravka. I think they have a decent enough fixture to keep a clean sheet, but also the potential to concede chances. They're quite high on your XGC table there, Joe, where maybe you go and get nine yeah. points out my, of the goalkeeper. My only fear, I have two fears with Dubravka. One is apparently he, he was carrying a knock after the game. Um, and the second one is this is exactly the kind of match where Carl Blumendalo is going to start. Um, That's a good so, point, actually. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, who was great earlier in the season for Newcastle, and he probably deserves... A final flourish, final little stuff. Well, the thing is, Carl is also flagged for a knee injury. So, are we going to see a oh. third goalkeeper? Oh, is perhaps? he? Is he Cardano yeah. injured? Sorry, forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe there will <laughs> be a third. Now. So, we've seen um, Norris at Burnley get a start. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe, yeah. If Debravka is fit, um, yeah. Sorry. Thanks for pointing that out about Cardano. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Um, you could look more expensive, but I'm kind of assuming if you've got Melier, you aren't looking to jump to like an Edison or anything no. like that. But, you know, Alisson could be a good shout if you've got the money. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, yeah, I think Leeds are the one. Well, something we've spoken about a bit, I think, for for this final match, they're against the worst defence. They're at home. They're, they're against, you know, they've got the home fans there. They've got, they're packed full of attacking assets. Rafina, Harrison... Stuart Dallas, uh, Patrick Bamford. I mean, it just goes on. Um, they're all really great value as well. Tyler Roberts, Rodrigo, there's more. Um, just get... have If you've got them, keep them. <laughs> play them. Even consider captaining them. Get more in. <laughs> I think Leeds are the, are the one to get. And, and, and I am considering. Rafinha is definitely in the mix to bring in to go alongside yeah. Dallas and Harrison. I'd, I'd be tempted by a Rafinha captaincy. If you're looking for that, you know, we mentioned Bamford's high ownership. So if you're looking for the combination of potential high score, mm. but super low ownership, just for this last week, you know, Hail Mary, he's possibly the one that would stand out to me. And he looked real mm. good in the last match. Looking at the stats, I mean, Rafinha and Harrison, there's not much between them. Both got three assists last six. Um, both created yeah. 13 chances. Shots on target. Harrison just slightly pips Rafina. Expected goal involvement. Rafina slightly pips Harrison. Corners. Harrison's taken 18. Rafina 13. 
Um, and that um, Harrison has had eight shots in total on Rafinha, 11. Um, so, you know, there's, they're, they're both great assets there. They're both both captainable there. And Bamford, we know. Um, for, I mean, you as a Leeds fan, what is it, you know, I've spoken about the, you know, what Spurs fans are like <laughs> to their, yeah. for their team. Um, we've seen last, last time out, we spoke about Everton. And we spoke about some of these other things about home in a way and, and how there could be the propensity for the crowd to say, shoot, shoot. And we, we saw that certainly with Cavani, with home fans at Old Trafford. And we saw it in the cup with Tielemans. You as a Leeds fan, what are the what are the Leeds fans like? I mean, I've never been to Ellen Road. I don't know. I mean, I've only, I've only seen oh, them away at, at Withdean Stadium. And they were, um, I don't know, they were just tucked away in a corner. <laughs> sure. Well, obviously, I'm going to be biased. I'm sure every fan says their atmosphere is great. I genuinely believe ours is. It'll be as full as it's allowed to be. Um, the fans should be very, very much behind our team. It's been a very successful season. It's, what, the first time we get to see us properly in the Premier League, I believe, live. So should be brilliant. Of course, there's always been the historical thing of, yes, because it's a passionate ground with relatively high expectations. When we've been doing poorly in the past, both in a match and in, say, the league in general, the crowd could maybe turn on our players. I know some players in the past have said they've been intimidated. Now, our own players have said they've been intimidated by our home atmosphere when things aren't going our way. But things are going our way. So I'd say, if anything, they should be behind the team. It should be a bit of a celebration. You know, it could be celebrating getting promoted, winning the championship. We've not really had a chance to do that. So, of course, Bielsa has us well-drilled. So when we're looking at those long shots, maybe not too many more than usual. You know, we should be sticking to our system. But I think it should have a positive effect if it's going to have an effect. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Um, I'm a couple of steps behind in terms of the lease asset. I only have Dallas. And I definitely want to have someone for the final day. Um, it's a matter of, uh, I want a lot of players for the last game. We're going to have only one free transfer. So who is going to get that one? Um, I, I like having them for the last for the last game of the season. But when it comes to the captaincy, um, realistically, if you look at the whole season, Bamford was the one who is capable of getting nine plus points. So I looked quickly at who is having the highest potential of getting double digit holes. Bamford has got five this season. He's got four more, eight or nine points. Uh, but if you look at um, Rafinha, he's got only one double digit hole all season and perhaps a couple of eight or nine. So Rafinha looks amazing on the field. He's heavily involved. But from an FAL perspective, you feel like he's always has a range of between a range between two to the seven points so will he get a, a double digit figure the last game of the season he can but based on the the numbers of the season i can't see it so while i like to have him i'm not sure if i'm gonna go for the captaincy if i'm gonna go for a leads pick as a captain i think i would go bamford uh clear along so that's, that's some of the thoughts. Harrison is someone who is close to, to, to Rafinha. He has, I think, double-digit holes twice in the season. And both of them have a double-digit hole against Newcastle in the 5 to win. So they have both got that. But apart from that, Harrison has one against Sheffield United and against Burnley, so a couple of more. So who is the most likely capable of getting double-digit holes in, in, in that order, based on what I've seen, is going to be Bamford, then Harrison, then Rafinha. But it's going to be close between them, both midfielders. So that's that's something I, I noticed and I thought it's worth sharing. Mm-hmm. 
for those yeah. who are considering captains for, for the last day of week? I, I, think that, I think that's a really insightful point. I'm always slightly suspicious of looking at, say, double-digit hauls, though, as a metric, simply because, you know, between nine points and ten points, ignore, you know, how the points actually add up. It's a one-point margin. That is so small, I'm yeah. not sure you can account for that reliably. Also, you've just mentioned there, Harrison has two. I think Rafina has one, Bamford has five. Well, between Harrison and Rafina, there's, you know, okay, it's a 100% or 50% difference, yeah. but it's actually just one haul. There's, there's nothing in that. Mm. And if you look at Rafina, he also has maybe one of the reasons he isn't getting the double digits, if you like. He does have good consistency there. He's getting goals and assists quite regularly, quite nicely spread out. Yeah. And we know he's getting a good volume of chances, both for him and created by him in those matches. So just to provide the counterpoint to that, you could say, sure, he hasn't done so far, but the underlying numbers do support double-digit hauls. I don't know, maybe someone else knows. Mm. I don't know if there's many metrics we can look at that would say someone is more likely to get them all in one match or spread out. But looking at Rafina, I don't think he really tilts either way. He could mm. explode. He could be consistent. And that's what we like, right? Players who are consistent yeah. and can explode. So for the last day of the season, someone who I could maybe rely on to, if Leeds are going to get points possibly get, say, a minimum of six. But he mm. does have that potential upside with, of course, a nod to, you know, there must be a reason he's not got all the double digits so far. I just yeah. don't know how predictive that is. Um, I've got another table to put up here. Um, this is all players' expected goal involvement. Just to see where we're at, really. So we've, we've mentioned some of those teams with uh, players with teams with something to play for, some of those with pride, home fans, etc. Uh, particularly Leeds. Um, so in terms of expected goal involvement, Sally's your man. Um if you are maintaining a lead, just captain Salah. Just be done with it. Um, I'm going to captain him anyway um, because I just think he's the best option. Um, his expected goal involvement is so high. We've mentioned that before. Um, getting on for nearly five. Um, then it's Ian Acho. He's the second best. So Salah or Ian Acho are the best captaincy shouts. Um, so when I was talking earlier about you know having a mid-priced, mid uh, sorry, a mid-priced attack, Ian Acho. Chris Wood, Antonio, Bamford. There's so much choice there. You could have only three places as well. Um, Diogo Jota, if we think he's going to start, which, you know, miraculously his toe might have recovered. Um, but then next up is Antonio. And I think Antonio at, um, at home to Southampton, I think is a great, great option. Um, he, he seems um, very keen to take a penalty. I know he's gunning for a West Ham goal-scoring record. So he has that personal honour there. Also, West Ham, I think, can get into the was it the Euro Disney Conference Eleven or whatever it is, um, or they're already there. Um, either way, that's probably a bit lower down on goal scoring records for him. Um, and but I think he's a great option for the captaincy as well against Southampton. Um, Martinelli next on there, and he's got expected goal involvement four point two eight, only four point nine. I ordinarily would say. Martinelli, absolutely ideal. Game week 38, Hail Mary, get him in, maybe even captain him. But he's against Brighton, and Brighton have got Lewis Dunk back, and Brighton, along with City and Chelsea, have got the best defence currently. Um, I'm not saying Brighton are the XG champions of the world, but they are. Um, so uh, Martinelli is perhaps not for this week. Then there's Fernandez. Um, next next highest for expected goal involvement if we think he's going to start which I don't think he will before the Europa League final Havertz if we think he's going to start gets over his injury then there's Chris Wood who's another great option I think in in uh, here against Sheffield United um, and then also Kane and Mane 
Um, mm. And Manny's quite low down on expected goal involvement compared to some of those other options. But most of them are, uh, well, a lot of them rather, are strikers. And of course, there's a big difference between Salah and Mane there. But nevertheless, we said about Mane's goal-scoring record against Palace. Um, they've got to score a lot. Um, I think his, his, his stats, his performances have picked up. Um, you know, he clearly was really disgruntled about being benched the other day. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think he's going to be up for this. He's he's a he's a real fans' favourite as well. But in some, I've heard from some Liverpool fans more so than Salah, which I'm. I, I don't. I mean, I'm 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 in neutral about that. But I, if Salah played for Brighton, I would marry him. It would be amazing. <laughs> and uh, I don't. I can't see anyone surpassing him. But nevertheless, Mane very popular there. So I just think there's there's some really good options there. I mean, looking at that list there. Um, before we move on to differentials, is there any any names spring out? Well, definitely, I like to see Mane in that list because I have him. Obviously, um, he is low down the list uh, mm. with almost one XGI uh, away from from Salah. Um, but interestingly, the other numbers are relatively close to him. So six pretty chances for Salah, five to Mane. Uh, three goals versus two chances created. They have the same numbers, thirteen mm-hmm. chances created. Yeah. So he's he's taking more. He's he's started to hit. I think the game against Southampton that was when he got eleven points in a double game. That was probably his best game in the season and showing signs that the mané of last season he he's potentially back. Mm-hmm. But then we did not see that the last game week. Um, shots on target. That's a worry. Um, eight for Salah. Only three for many, mm. but I think the game against Crystal Palace. Um, I think he has. Hmm, I, what was the stat that Davis has mentioned? I think Aguero and Mane yeah, eight are goals. the ones. Eight draws against Crystal yeah, Palace. He's so they have a good... tonight to Crystal Palace. Yeah, so we, we've seen it's it's a, a bit of a myth. Like it it, it it's relevant. So uh, you would hope that Mane can return in that game. So to, to me, I think Mane is, is someone I'm I'm happy to have. Um, probably it's too late to look for an edge over Salah by a big margin or, or something like this. But uh, not having Salah is a little bit less concerning with having Mane than I thought it would be so far. Uh, so, yeah, Mane is someone, if you look for some differential captain, I think he is. He's a decent wow. one. Iheanacho as well and, and Kane. Uh, hey, I wouldn't rule this out is Kane. for people to check out. We're live on yeah. air, so I'm, I can't quickly press those buttons to find out. But Ronak in the chat, chat claims that Mane has never blanked versus Palace. Ooh, Ooh. Okay. Ooh. And I think he returned in four in the last five game weeks. Yeah. So. And he needs one more goal to get to ten, apparently, this season. What's Mane on at the moment? Nine goals, I presume. Nine. Yeah, he's on nine. <laughs> so, uh, ten, yeah. ten, ten, ten minus <laughs> one, Joe. Quick maths. I, I can do quick maths. Is there a ten, a ten goals plus bonus, maybe, on, yeah. on that? But yeah. Personal motivation yeah. as well. It could be. He wants to finish his strong. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule him out. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to um, final day differentials. Now, usually we ask our guest um, to to pick a differential. We're all going to have a go this time because it's a special time. It's the final game week of the season. Um, so there's been some horrendous picks, such as uh, De- Deli Ali. I picked that uh, for game week one. Uh, and then he got chucked down a well and was never seen again until recently. 
Uh, um, Ross Barkley oh, was my Ross third. Barkley. first one. Got injured after five minutes. Um, yeah. um, I got I got I got Jesus early this season who never showed up since yeah. then. But then yeah, <laughs> but then you did, um, Karen, you did have some good Man City differentials yeah. throughout the yeah, season. Cancelo, Cancelo back, uh, was the, the best yeah. one, I think. Um, Ian Acho, and of course Willock was your one last week, Seb. So eleven mm. points, um, twenty-two points for those that captained him. So um, I should have actually brought him in myself, though, shouldn't I? <laughs> I well, I, I said he was in in my thoughts. I was either going to get him or Harrison or Rafina. Mm. It was one of those. I went for Harrison, but you know, hopefully this week Harrison can reward me. Um, so what I'm going to do before I go, before I ask you two, I'll go. I'll, I'll name my one and I'll explain my methodology. And this is that unfashionable picks methodology that I've been doing for, for the last few weeks because um, it's been a bit okay. successful really and this is the one where you sort of um, go go a bit blind to it you try and you try and take away the personal bias of players um, and have a look at um, the stats and think who wouldn't I get in right let's put them in a list and then have a think why wouldn't I get them in because they're scoring they're assisting they're getting good as good underlying stats as well perhaps the team's okay or perhaps the team isn't but they for some reason are the are the the chief goal scorer in them so um this is the latest one i've got um so martinelli Tor- torres and chris wood are amongst those that were in previous ones that we uh, predicted would do okay so this is my latest one i'm fashionable pick so i sorted it by expected goal involvements i cut out the likes of mané salah i just I, I, I went down the list and i thought who would i ordinarily probably not get or who wouldn't the twitter sphere get or who would they laugh at and so martinelli's at the top there I know he's against Brighton, so that's what puts me off. But nevertheless, he's a name to put in there. And these are the unfashionable differentials. Martinelli, expected goal and moment over the last six, 4.28. That's huge. Havertz is there. Then Chris Wood again. Jamie Vardy. Uh, if we think Spurs have just given up now, Jamie Vardy. This could be a bit of a renaissance. Che Adams, if he is fit, um, He's been well, he quite... should have done better against us. He had some really and good chances he, and made intelligent as well. He's a guy that's been showing up in this table the last few weeks and he's been delivering as well. El Ghazi at Villa, always an intriguing differential. Joe Willock is back and here he is, still on the table. Christian Benteke scored in the last five games. Um, if he is fit, um, he could be a great, uh, great differential shout, especially against Liverpool. Um, where he's very keen to score against Liverpool, I hear. And also, it's, um, Hodgson's last, possibly last ever game in football. This is, we're talking mm. four or five decades worth of football career. Yeah, um, for the world. Um, so his players are going to want him to go out in style, especially against his former club and Benteke's former club. Um, Abamyang, no one wants Abamyang. Well, he's had four big chances last six. Expected goal involvement's been three. He's against Brighton. That's what puts me off Brighton. Uh, but um, and then next up we got Werner and Pulisic expected to be involved in about three goals once again people aren't going for them differentials and yeah. so my differential pick is going to be a Chelsea player because yes they have to only score 1-0 but they cannot afford to sit back they are going to have to they're going to have to score in order to keep Villa out and keep Villa out of that game Pulisic is my one Werner is just above 5%, so he's still a differential, but um, not as much as Pulisic. Um, three big chances, said um, the last six. Nine chances created, uh, 13 shots inside the box. The thing about Pulisic, he's either going to get a hat-trick or he just ain't going to show up. <laughs> so 
So this is why I think he's quite a good differential pick because you don't want. I mean, previously I think I've I've cheated a little bit and picked you know some obvious ones, um, but Pulisic is definitely a differential under five percent. I think he's going to do okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's come to let's go, Karim next. Karim, your differential. Okay, um, so I have one. Uh, if he's fit, he's going to be my my pick, but. I was thinking of Ferran Torres um, uh, first. Um, he's on by only 3%. Um, he scored a hat-trick uh, against Newcastle. He was hooked very early against uh, Brighton with the Transcello Richard. So um, I know I've been, uh, a lot of viewers have been following the uh, team prediction that I post every week. I've been doing horrendously the last few, thanks to Pep. But I, I, expect, I expect Torres to start that game. Um, because he was hurt very early, and I think to keep his confidence high after that hat trick, after just hitting the form before the finals, it makes sense to start him. However, he's not going to be my pick. The pick is going to be someone who uh, it's a pure emotional one. I know uh, it's, 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 it's his last game of the season in front of the fans. We'll lift the trophy. He will start if, if, uh, if he's fit, um, and he's done a lot to, to, to the club and. Um, yeah, he's my ideal footballer. So it's Sergio Aguero, 1.3%. It makes perfect sense to pick him. He's going to be my transfer in. He's going to be my captain if he's, if I know if he, yeah. he's fit and he's going to get some well, some minutes. Um, I have nothing to play for. So uh, from I, an FPL I've perspective, got that's the least I can 38 do. memories. And I'm sure you have as a City, as a city fan. Um, yeah. Obviously, the goal against QPR. I captained him that yeah. day. I took yeah. a hit to it, get him in. He only got me seven points, I remember. So he got me 14 um, as as my captain. But I was yeah. looking at a terrible game week. And so I suddenly got 14 points. Uh, that You know, the final, was it the final minute? Um, yeah. So I have very fond memories of Aguero in game week 38. And I think yeah. that's worth the sentiment alone. Yeah, I approve. Seb, who is your differential for game week 38? Okay, so uh, I looked at a bunch of players, won't go through all of them. I think there's a few. We mentioned it. It's one week. You can take a complete punt. Normally, we get four weeks for this. Obviously, if you're going to put this player on your team, you get as long as you want out of them. So it's just one week. I think a bit of a philosophy for everyone, apart from, you know, if you're chasing, I don't know, if you're number three in the world, fair enough, go for it. If you're second in your mini league, go for it. But for the vast majority of people, this is the last match before a summer off, maybe the Euros. It's probably time to have a little bit of fun. So someone I've been shouting about all season... Like and someone who does no, <laughs> <laughs> and someone <laughs> imagine um and someone who you know does have some decent numbers to back it up hasn't returned any goals or assists yet and a lot of people in the chat have been mentioning dallas this evening when we we're talking about leads so i'm taking our other well i guess dallas isn't a fullback anymore but our other fullback i expect us to go back to four at the back so he'll be right back but you know who knows but i think it's a good bet luke ailing has an XGI of 4.76 for the season. Dallas is on 6.41 now, so he is a bit clear. It's the last time I mentioned that this year, I promise. But <laughs> Dallas, is con- uh, Dallas has returned 10 goals and assists. Illing has returned none, neither of them, which might mean he's terrible. But he has 3.15 XA. He also will have had a decent one of those ruled out because I think he assisted two of the goals Bamford has had for ruled offside. The one against Palace, I think, just the shoulder. I think he put that ball into him. Mm-hmm. So we're mentioning earlier with yeah, Timo Werner, you know, wiping things off the stats. It should be a bit higher. There's also Alioski to consider, of course, but Ailing, I think, if it's a back four, is just slightly more dangerous. 
And the cherry on top for me is we are playing West Brom, who have conceded the third most crosses from their left flank with 411. So if Luke Ayling has good expected assist numbers, better than Dallas, by the way, Dallas is all in goals, um, and is, if you like, underperforming so far this season, and it's a final chance for me to look clever and not like an idiot, I'm going with Luke Ayling, and I own him too. And if you really need convincing, everyone's got to own Dallas. If you've got to beat someone in your mini league, go for Luke Ayling and, you know, throw caution to the wind. Now, I, I think it's good as well, because there's also sentiment, it's your team as well, and you have been banging yeah. the Luke Ayling drum for a number of weeks. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not going with sentiment, I'm just going with a guy who might give me a hat-trick and might not turn up <laughs> with Pulisic. But if I was going with sentiment, I would go for Dwight Gale. <laughs> and I joked about it before, but Dwight Gale's been showing up in these expected goal involvement tallies. And Joe Linton has an injury, so he may not play. Yeah. So Maximum has an injury, may not play. Um, who's going to go up front? Who have they got? Wilson's out. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at Dwight Gale. Joe Willock. Joe, Joe Willock. Not Joe I Willock. wish I could pick him Joe again. Willock. I might, he might be my transfer. Perhaps in a front two yeah. with Dwight Gale. But <laughs> Dwight Gale um, against Sheffield. Um, who, who are they playing? Sheffield. Fulham, I think. Is Did it Fulham? Fulham? Fulham, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Apologies, Sheffield United uh, fans. Yeah, Fulham. So I think, uh, so that's what I would go for. But, you know, that's just an in brackets emergency one. I just want to add Sanjay in the chat, who's been making a lot of comments all night. So uh, thank you very much for that. Has uh, had a go at my ailing pick. Yep, fair enough. He says, let it go. No, no, I won't. <laughs> and when he's a 4.5 million defender next year and Dallas yeah. is a 6 yeah. million midfielder, I will pick Luke Ailing again. Yeah, um, <laughs> to be fair, though, you know, if you've had Dallas all season, better decision, well done. Because, you know, the stats do bear it out as well now. He's yeah. overperformed, if that's your thing. But he does have better stats too. So absolutely fair enough. Correct decision. I'm just talking about this one match. Let's say you've got to make up five, ten points on someone. You've got the choice between Dallas and Ailing. And also you're in this weird little camp that I'm in that yeah. love Luke Ailing and his guitar celebrations and his flop. That's why he's my pick. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's right. Move, move on to our transfer and the captaincy plan. So I'll go first. So I'll tell you what I've got in mind. So... Um, I've got Pickford in goal against Man City or Forster against West Ham. I, I want to play neither of them, but I think I'm going to go for Pickford just for saves. <laughs> um, Shaw, who's probably not going to play. Phillips, who's a legend. <laughs> Dallas, who are definitely going to play. Salah is my captain. Um, as we've seen from the stats, someone again, he's the most likely to haul. Um, uh, Lingard, Son, Harrison, Chris Wood. Harry Kane and Antonio is my vice captain. And on my bench, I've got Fernandez, who I don't think is going to play. Veltman, who is injured. Joe Ward, who I don't want to play against Liverpool. So my options are to swap Fernandez out for Mane. I've got enough money to do that. And then bench Jesse Lingard. And the only problem I have with that is Jesse Lingard, someone has got to be assisting Antonio. Um, so I'm slightly nervous of that. But it gives me a great first sub. Um, and I do want Mane. Um, or I could be ultra sensible, keep Lingard, just what the hell, keep Fernandez on my bench, um, or even play Fernandez. And if he gets, you know, 20 minutes, um, and then replace Shaw with Robertson and just do that. Or my third option, which is take a hit, um, and a hit would take me to 99,000. I'm trying to get in the top 100,000. Oh, wow. It would make me close. perilously close, like a Chelsea 1 0 perilously close to um, being being 
being hoisted out of the top 100k. But for that move there, I would probably do something like Fernandez to Rafina and Shaw to Alexander Arnold, which I think would probably pay pay it back within a week, <laughs> within that week. Um, mm. But it's final game week. I, you know, I've got lots of options. I've got lots of good players. So yeah, they're, they're my three options at the moment. Probably the Mane one. In that's the one that I thought of doing um, a while ago. Um, any anyone with any thoughts before we move on? Just yeah. If you get some information about Shaw that he's not playing, who's your um, first sub coming in from defense? You've got Ward. Well, that's it. Are you happy with him? No. No, that's the other problem of getting <laughs> of getting Mane in. Um, you mm. pe- highlighted it very well, and other people might be in this position. If we get news that Veltman isn't playing, it's definitely still out, which I think is probably going to be the case. Yeah. And yeah, Joel Ward will come in, because I don't think Luke Shaw's even going to get a minute. Um, so I'm essentially playing Joel Ward. So I'm, I'm, I'm more or less a player down. Um, yeah. So yeah, the sensible one again, once again, replace Shaw with Robertson. I've got mm. a, then I've got then I've got a great setup there, um, so that that's definitely that's the, that's what I should do really, isn't it? That's the sensible yeah. thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, like if your if your target is retaining that top hundred k, taking a hit pushes you closer to not getting yeah. into it. Yeah. There's not really anything above you that you're shooting yeah. for. It seems silly in the last week, but if that is your aim, yeah, I guess the sensible but, but transfer also, is the yeah. one. But I also think um, Fernandez de Mane that's going to do that's going to do the job. Um, I think I think that's going to keep me in the top hundred k, even with just essentially two, uh, two defenders in Phillips and Dallas. But I don't know. I've got lots to think about. Um, I'm hopefully I'm going to be out or something on Sunday afternoon. I can't. Like, you remember last year when we get we, we you know they've changed the deadlines now. Thank God. But there was so many toing and froing and false rumours and accurate rumours. Um, by the end of it, I just went, oh what the hell? And I I had Mares. All the rumours were that he wouldn't play they wouldn't start he didn't start I had him in anyway and then he came on and scored so um, I was quite happy so if I if I if they're not in the squad then that's a problem but even if they're benched it just what will be will be uh, with this uh, but luckily they've changed the deadline so we're probably going to get much less of that news Karen, um let's have a look at your team so um, yeah do you want to run through your um, 11 and, and who you're captain and why when yeah you so for the last game week uh, of the season, I've got one free transfer to use. Um, going to probably take a hit, although I don't, I don't like the hits in game week 3A because that basically means I'm giving away a goal or a clean sheet. Uh, but to fund the DCL to Aguero move, then I have to take out Jota to Rafinha. I, I have, I have that. I have a spare cash for that move. Can, can you do um, that with money? Jota to Rafinha and Calvert. Do you say Calvert Lewin to Aguero? Yes, yeah, I've got already 2.2 in the bank oh, and with these two really swaps nice. and I will still have 2.0.2 uh, more. So um, I have that, that flexibility for one or two price price changes. Um, so that's that's one uh, only happens if we know that Aguero has a chance to play. Uh, that's the only thing that I need. Um, uh, the, other, the other possibility now, if we assume that Aguero is out, then I might go all out leads uh, DCL to Bamford and Jota to Rafinha, um, but that also means it could mean that I just try and get Salah, which would be more complicated because it would be a big stretch to do from Jota to Salah and DCL to I don't know some 4.2 two or three. I'll, probably I wouldn't do that. 
Um, so basically, it's it's between these two kinds of moves. Captain will be a ninety percent many, because I think mm. uh, it, he might be the last push to somewhere in the two hundred k category. It's just for the to keep it in the record. Um, it's still but better than three hundred k. But overall, yeah, it's uh, nothing much to play for here. Mm. Uh, I'm not ruling out the Antonio or Kane captaincy uh, mm. as well. Um, okay depends on how i feel about it between now and sunday i wouldn't spend a transfer on the defense although i hate the look of asbilacreta in the last game week of the season he hasn't done anything to me uh but it is what it is so mm. keep him keep okay. him there okay. I, i've seen that i've seen that man city has conceded nine goals in the last three game weeks or four game mm. weeks so is there an argument to keep uh, dcl for the last for the last game week and hope for the best maybe i just yeah. don't think yeah i just don't think that this will happen but i was gonna say yeah. dean is a great sub to have but also maybe mm. even play him um everton everton's away records really good defensively um mm. which is why i'm giving pickford a go i know it's man city but they've got a final which is arguably more important it's all sewn up yeah um, yeah i think they've got a great great team there i guess, I guess yeah. maybe we want to wait for pep's press conference to see if he gives anything away there because yeah. They conceded, was it three against Newcastle, but with uh, not first choice defence by any means. Yeah. So if Diaz and Laporte or whoever start, I wonder if DCL's chances of returns go down quite significantly. Um, Makes so, sense. Seb, let's move on to your team. So who have you got? Who are you captaining? And um, what what potential moves are you thinking of? So currently I have Lloris in goal, Trent at the back with Shaw and of course Luke Ayling. I know you've both got Dallas. Uh, I'm 50 point, 15 points behind you, Joe. So ailing to get, what, say, 20 points. Dallas to get six. That'd work for me. Well, um, maybe that 15 that. points. Well, you, exact, you're, you're looking at it. Yeah, that's why you're 15 if, points. If he right? gets, you've had ailing instead get, of Dallas. <laughs> if he gets that, would you do the guitar celebration, Seb? I don't have the hair for it. The hair makes it. The hair, <laughs> if you've not seen you it, you need to look it up. Bar. It's great. <laughs> See, I've never, because I've never been, as I said, I've never been to Ellen Road. It's been a long time since I've seen Leeds fans en masse. But my assumption is they've all got man buns in Ellen Road. There's like 10,000 man buns are going to be staring down at Patrick Bamford. I would, I would say, I would say the opposite is probably true. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's a a big group of people. There's everything there as we like it. Um, I have Salah in the midfield with the captain on him at the moment. It seems the easy option. Mm. I could play around with that. The vice is on Rafina, who's in my midfield as well. And Son and Gundogan. Gundogan with a yellow flag. I've got to think about that. Antonio, Kane and Bamford up front. On the bench, I have Forster, Luca Dean, Pereira, Leicester's Pereira, Ricardo Pereira, and Jota. So another injury there. Mm. So in terms of transfers, I probably do need to do something with Gundogan or Jota. And also I note that, let's say Luke Shaw doesn't play. I'm going to be getting Luca Dean or Pereira off the bench. Not, you know, not a disaster. Oh, well, Pereira Ward, might be. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, fair. But I mean, I, I could be tempted into a minus four to ensure that doesn't happen, to ensure I get a team out I want. So, for example, like a Joe Willock for, say, Gunduan, and then Jota, I think I'll give you about eight million. So we'll see what I could play with. I like the idea of Mane. I really do. That would probably have to be for Son. But I'm really not sure yet. Um, I think a good strategy, if you can, if it doesn't ruin your weekend, is wait for these press conferences, see if we get any news at all, because we've seen how volatile it can be on the last day, and price changes just don't matter anymore unless you're 0.1 away from the player you want. Indeed, yeah. So lots of decisions, I think, for all of us, really. You know, don't don't rule out hits. It just depends what we want to do, and obviously lots of people going for mini leagues as well, so it's going to depend on, yeah. you know, what your opponents have got or what you think they're going to get. Um, 
and uh, so yeah, it's going to be tough decisions. And let's hope it's a it's a less stressful game week thirty eight this season. Um, Joe, the- theory for you. So, if like the last game week we have only one week left, so minimum minimum amount of time for any of our punts or returns to come in, and we have let's say one transfer, most people we've got the whole season behind you, so the most stats we've had. Obviously, it's kind of the antithesis of game week one. Obviously, it's the other end of the season. But in game week one, we have as many transfers as we want. We can build every team we want. But we have the minimum number of stats, but we have the maximum number of games to make up with it, make up for it. I feel like a lot of people go really safe in game week one. Definitely me as well. You know, we build a structure, we go safe. We think we can build it over time. Arguably, you should probably go riskier in the first yeah. week and safer right now. Again, depends on your mini league situation. I, I but I wonder, I wonder if now is actually the week just to go... Well, I've got the minimum amount of time to play it off and the minimum amount of resources to do it. So just go for the easiest option. Exactly. I've, I mean, I've finished in the top 10K a number of times. And the reason is, is because I've got in there early and I've stayed there and I've played safe towards the end of the season. When I've had to, my game is not as good when I've got to chase. I've been all right. I mean, I've had lots of green arrows since January. And this is probably something for our next Scoutcast, you know, we'll look at lessons learned. But I, I had a poor start this season and I need to get a better start to keep what that strategy you just described. And I think I've gone too safe at the very start. And I think everyone always says, oh, you know, I wish I'd kept by 2 million, 1 million. And you never do. But then, you know, the first few weeks, a lot of people wildcard and the team isn't what they want anyway. So why not get those cheaper players? I think structure wise, I'll get the most expensive defender, the most expensive midfielder, the most expensive forward. That's three slots. The rest are free-for-all. So then I'll be looking at Norwich midfielders and defenders. I'll be looking at all those types of players to see if I can get some advantage there. To the sort of players, going back, the unfashionable players, um, that um, you know to see um, who I'll get. I'm not going to go quite Dwight Gale deep on game week one, but but I can, I'll definitely look at that, the, the value players there. Um, but as long as I've got, you know, the Trent Alexander-Arnold, the Harry Kane, the yeah. Salah, you know, I can then move around to them. But once, once, as I've learned the last few weeks, if you don't have Alexander-Arnold, it's hard to get him back in. Other people, if they don't have, say, Mo Salah, um, it's hard to get him back in. It's just too, they're just too expensive. Um, so I think, yeah, you're, I think you're bang on there, Seb. We'll definitely talk about that. It's an interesting one. Yep. As you say, you know, strategy for the future. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like a bit of, you know, reverse psychology on yourself. Mm. Ultimately, though, if you've got nothing to play for this weekend, have a good weekend. You know, if that <laughs> means doing nothing, leaving your team alone, then do that. Mm. If that means taking a 24 point hit and going nuts, why not go for the high score in the game week? You know, yep. it's fun. Um, before yep. we go, just, just wanna... oh, sorry. Mm. Yes, Karen. Yeah, that's one not on the theory of, of, of Seb because uh, I've had an experience this, this season and I have, I, I looked back at my game with one team, which looks horrific now, but there are a lot of risks I started with this season. Uh, started with a triple Liverpool defense. Who remembers? It's been ages. I started mm-hmm. with uh, Timo Werner, uh, Callum Wilson, um, Harvey Barnes. So those are differential picks, but I just fancied a different start. The, the result is I wildcarded in game week eight, ahead of game week nine, with seven red arrows in the first eight game weeks. So I started at certain rank and then whoops, all the way, red, 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 red. So to me, I think from the lessons I learned, I will go as template as I can, uh, probably this season. And I can remember now a lot of template players that have a bandwagon 
players that have started and kept their form and I miss them out completely like the DCLs, the Bamford, the Grondurian throughout the season, the Martinez, those names have shown up at some part of the season. They have delivered for some time and I missed them out because I wanted to be different. So it's different experiences, but I just thought yeah. Um, no, I think that's a, a good point as well. And going back to that, you know, double, double or even triple Liverpool defense, just get one, just get the most expensive one, yeah. and then yeah. you can move around. This um, this theory kicked in after thirty-seven game weeks with Phillips, Trent, and Robo, yeah, well. so it's just a wrong timing, good concept instead. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so um, we've got a little uh, plug for the members area up on the screen there. All opt-driven stats. That's all, where we've been getting a lot of our tables from. Um, uh, for during the show so yeah if you've liked them you can uh, delve into the members area there and have a look at all the different uh, uh, offers there um, as it stands we will be back next week for a final 2020-21 um, season scout cast where we're going to look at exactly we're given a sneak preview really the last five minutes or so is what we're going to talk about there the sort of lessons learned from the season and perhaps how we might do things differently and I will be mentioning my unfashionable players um table as again because time and time again that has helped me this season yeah. uh, towards the end of the season rather um and it's been a bit of a bit of an eye-opener for me in terms of uh, the players and trying to free myself of the uh, potential bias against certain players but yeah more of that next week um but in the meantime um good luck everyone with your final game week uh it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me goodbye all.